All right, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Noble Energy Healing Podcast. Uh, my name is Alex Noble, I'll be your host today. And joining me is Carla. Carla, welcome back to our podcast and thank you so much for sitting down with me today. Um, I'm gonna hand it over to Carla so she can introduce, they can introduce themselves. Hello. I'm Carla, and I'm a psychic, a yoga teacher, meditation teacher, spiritual teacher, amongst many other things. But of course, these are but labels uh, that I use to point in a direction that, you know, gives, gives you an idea of what I'm up to in this existence, in this incarnation. But of course, as, as with all of us, I am the undefinable. And, and I think that that's almost a nice way to sort of start this podcast because we are speaking about definitions yeah. and things that are not really definable, right? And, and yes. the ways, the, the archetypes, the explanations that have been forced upon us and the confusion that's come in labeling. So I think... Yeah. Um, yeah, definitions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. And I love that, you know, way of explaining it. And I love that introduction. You know, when we first discussed wanting to chat about feminine and masculine energies, you know, I had a very sort of black and white idea of how the conversation would go in my mind. Um, and, you know, I, I was reminded very quickly that no conversation with you is ever left or right <laughs> or or one or the other thing right so I just love that so much um but we found quickly that you know the conversation had to start with the differentiation between these labels and the these identities and and the gender sex and then the different energies that we talk about um in the holistic well-being like industry you know we don't mean man or woman when we see masculine or feminine energy, right? Um, so starting at, at the top, you know, as we understand it in our very human ways and our very like dictionary, dictionary.com sort of type thing, you know, definition, what is gender? So I actually... I gave this quite a bit of thought today and and I think before gender even comes sex because when we're born sex is the first thing that's identified and we we're normally put into these one of two categories male or female Mm -hmm. and then according to that this idea of gender is forced upon us right but of course there isn't only male and female there's also intersex right and of course with sex we're talking about biology and even biology is a lot more fluid and complicated than we can really begin to imagine so sometimes someone will look male externally but actually have female organs inside right now i'm i'm not a professional or uh, a medical professional let's put it that way um so i can't go into the the depths of what chromosomes are and and these kinds of things but i understand you know sex genitalia chromosomes biology and gender gender is a social construct right gender is about roles and identity and even the idea of man, woman, boy, girl, this Mm -hmm. binary gender, it's so limiting because, of course, we are, you know, in so many ways, we are completely defined, like a newborn child, a newborn baby, all of this idea is projected straight onto the child before the child has even had a chance to go, oh, this is who I am, this is who I feel like I am, this is how I want to express and I think in recent years with you know genderqueer non-binary trans etc etc it's you know it's becoming a much bigger discussion of course these things have always existed yeah it's just been shamed and made very quiet and we're we're really just in a, a time where 
it's becoming a lot more important to speak about it because, you know, I, I like to think of it as magical alchemy, actually. Yeah. And, and then, of course, there is the um, sexual orientation, which is, you know, also another thing that doesn't necessarily go with one or the other, right? Okay. Um, it's, it's what you prefer. And then there is the energy, which is the masculine and the feminine. Mm -hmm. And the thing is about the energy of masculine and feminine is that no matter how we identify or what sex we are or what sexual orientation we are, we all have access to the archetypes of masculine and feminine. Yeah. And so I think that's a great place to start. Yeah. And I think it's also just very important to acknowledge that because it's been so programmed into us to see women mm -hmm. who are female mm -hmm. as feminine, mm -hmm. a lot of the time we have learned to use these terms interchangeably, even mm -hmm. though they are not. And so you'll probably even catch me doing it in this podcast today. Right. And, and right. I think that's part of the unlearning process is, catching ourselves going, oh, there's an old program. There's an old program. <laughs> yeah. And and how how do we begin to start separating these things out and understand that all all of this is and, and when we spoke last time, you used the word circle instead of spectrum, which I really enjoyed, like a pie yeah. chart. Almost. Right. Um, a, a circle spectrum, right? Where we get to be everything and also choose where we want to lean towards and how we feel we express best in yeah. this life yeah yeah no absolutely you know i really love your use of the term archetype when it comes to the feminine or masculine energies and you know if we look at it just as another title then or another role that we can embody based on what is needed of us or, or what is required of us or where we are in our journey right we can then choose to embody or or align with embodying a bit more of this or a bit more of that or a bit more in the middle and you know there are moments in our our days and our weeks where leaning into a bit more feminine energy is needed, required, desired of us, asked of us, and would be really powerful and empowering to be more in that feminine energy that, that you know, hopefully divine feminine energy, depending on the situation, but feminine energy versus masculine energy. And then in other circumstances, it would be much better to don the hat of of the masculine archetype of being in that masculine energy when perhaps we need to be in motion a bit more or doing a bit more you know and so i like the concept of looking at them as archetypes because then it it plants that little seed that little idea of yeah this is something that we can align with and change and flow with and choose almost in, in many ways the the energies that we embody and align with where it comes to masculine and feminine yes absolutely and i i must be honest um it was actually from someone else that i heard them talk about it as archetypes and i wish i could remember the name right now but maybe i can send it to you i'll look it up and send yeah. it to you too um, credit them yes but it was a, a TED talk that I listened to uh, quite recently actually in preparation for for this <laughs> podcast and I I really I did love that as well right um, and she spoke about the archetype of masculine and feminine as as this sort of the the most base and broad kind of archetypes that we all have access to and that all other archetypes are stemming from that Right. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's, um, it's really important to understand archetypes as like a story that we play out mm -hmm. a, uh, you know, and it, it has a beginning and an end and it's, it's like a, a role and a playfulness and an, and an energy we allow to flow right. through us. And right. even that is not who we are because who we are 
is all of it, right? Yeah. And in terms of us stepping into wholeness, we need to invite in the balance and the play between masculine and feminine. And mm -hmm. the thing about our patriarchal, like masculine dominated world is that, and, and of course, you know, what we call toxic masculinity mm -hmm. is that the masculine is dominating, controlling the feminine. The feminine is not appreciated, not seen. Mm -hmm. and there's this sense of separation mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. and it's it's even seen in this idea of woman equals feminine energy mm -hmm. man equals masculine energy right which is obviously so basic mm -hmm. and i mean i i can remember just even you know some of my own infuriating experiences and i'm someone who has a lot of masculine energy right mm -hmm. i might look very feminine because you know i got i got a woman's body mm -hmm. but I'm very masculine. I'm very logical. I'm intelligent. I, I can think and rationalize and I can, you know, pack cars and things like this. And I can remember getting so infuriated being told by men that my opinion did not matter mm -hmm. because I was a woman and I was Ill therefore illogical. Mm -hmm. And I mean, obviously that is just so basic. It's just yeah. so it's, it's, you know, there's obviously something wrong with their masculine logic um, processes, but um, <laughs> yeah, there, it's, there it's, absolutely it's, is. It's <laughs> <laughs> there, there absolutely is, you know, and Sam and I have this conversation so often. Um, and since my transition about seven months ago, you know, the world and the way we play in it and the way we show up in it and the way it treats us has changed so much because a lot of times when we go out now we're seen as a hetero couple right we're seen as a man and a woman and you know we feel safer we've gone out later than we have as when we were perceived as a same-sex couple right we've call each other babe in public. <laughs> it's something that we've never done before. And we'll do it with, with a sense of um, bravery. And in, in, from my perspective, sometimes a little bit of cheekiness, you know, of like, mm. ah, I get to do this in public now, you know, and, and because there's a blanket of safety around being a man, having a man present, having a man in your company, having a man be part of your outing then that there isn't when that man isn't present right and i've had conversations and conversations have been had around me ever since i was a child of who's the man who's going who, which man is going with you you know and so you couldn't go anywhere or do anything without a man and it could be the neighbor the the cousin the drunk uncle it didn't matter <laughs> you needed a man Right. And it, so so it really quickly got solidified of the quality of the man didn't matter. So his integrity or his um, self-care or his the way he treated others, his kindness, his love, anything like that, it didn't matter. You just needed a man. Right. Whereas when you talked about the women, it was, well, what are they going to be wearing? Do they drink? you know where, where do they come from are they educated what do they do for a living you know who are they married to who, who is the man that's attached to them right and so it's like judging the character of the women in your company so much more harshly based on their choices based on their actions based on their wardrobe right versus men and not having any sort of parameter by which to measure them then in terms of well actually I don't want to spend time with that man because they're a drunk or they don't treat people with respect they don't they never treat the waiter with respect they they don't tip you know whatever whatever it is right and it's like well it doesn't matter you need a man and they're available go with them <laughs> you know and it's just like how did we get here? How did we get to 
a place where we judge women and by extension the feminine and by extension the feminine energy now and treat it in this way of like there's so much more wounding and there's so much more wrong with women versus nothing's wrong with men nothing's wrong with the masculine nothing's wrong with with the way men behave and the way men act and their choices and and anything like that there it's a man it's fine boys will be boys <laughs> right we we get there very quickly versus the, all this responsibility that we put on the feminine energy right mm. yes women but if we look at it if we strip it back and we look at it as that archetype we put so much responsibility on that feminine energy versus the masculine energy what do you think well i i think it's it's interesting because I do, I do think women are taught to take responsibility much younger mm-hmm. and to look after and to be in service of. Mm-hmm. But I think almost paradoxically, there is also a lot of pressure on the masculine, actually, to be the man, to be tough, to not show emotions, to not... Actually, actually because, you know, the, the oppression of the feminine oppresses men too because they have Mm -hmm. feminine energy too Mm -hmm. and they're they also have a sensitive side and they haven't been Mm -hmm. allowed to show that and and there's this whole aspect missing and I I think this is one of the things that you know it can be a lot a lot tougher to recognize that the oppressor is also oppressed Mm -hmm. and it's it's maybe more subtle and internal, but there is there is a lack of wholeness there as well, mm-hmm. and it might be more obvious on the other end where it's like you're literally not treating me like a human being, and you're acting like a king, mm-hmm. and it's yeah, it's it's an interesting one. There there is that I've lost my train of thought now. <laughs> there is that like lack of self-knowing and that oppressing another because of the oppression of the same energy within you hurts you just as much yeah and i think i think there's a lot of pressure for men to you know earn enough money support the family have a wife and the trophy wife and the Mm -hmm. the kids and you know to perform at work and etc 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 yeah where I think maybe the the work for women is far more thankless, right? Mm-hmm. And and probably in today's society where like women have fought to have equality mm-hmm. or at least some equity within the workplace, mm-hmm. um, now they're expected to do that and raise kids and and mm-hmm. and run the house and etc cetera, etc. Cetera. And so a lot a lot of these things need to be redefine and of course there are many people who are doing things differently who are you know essentially balancing those energies out within themselves Mm -hmm. and healing within themselves so that they can actually enact in a way towards others in a way that is you know not oppressing right yeah yeah no absolutely you know I like that point about fighting for for equity but then and being quote unquote granted it right <laughs> like if it was something to be bestowed upon you know us as a society um be granted it but then also also being um, forced then unexpected in many ways to maintain things as they were before the equity took took place so it's like a one-sided equity it's like okay, you, you can work outside of the home and you can study freely and you can start businesses and you can do all these things, but we're not going to shift how things worked before that. You also have to maintain everything that you were expected to maintain before that as well. You know, and I saw um, an article, I think about Spain a few weeks ago, where they're the first country in the world to sign into law a bill that would give women three days off every month 
for their period. So when they got their period, they would have three days off. Um, and they can take it or not or whatever, but it's there for them. So it's not sick days, it's not personal days, it's not anything, it's specifically for their period, right? And so this, to me, that was, you know, a really big deal in terms of like, here we have a society that is finally seeing the value of women and something that they experience, right, every month that is so important to us as a society if women didn't have or, or you know, um, humans who have the capability to carry children, if they didn't have that cycle, right, then we wouldn't have other humans. <laughs> we, wouldn't, we wouldn't have that, that reproduction that takes place, right? And so finally making space in our economy, right, to honor that, to pause at least once a month and say, go ahead. This is part of nature. Do what you will. Do what you need to go ahead. You know, and I, it, it was like that baby step towards civility and understanding of there's more than show up to work, work for, for eight hours like a robot, go home, feed the kids, you know, and, and even meal prep and home keeping and child rearing and everything has become very like um, mechanical, right? So instead of that nurturing, loving energy in the home, whether it's coming from a mother, a father, an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent, a sibling, or whoever it's coming from, whoever is in that caretaker role, right? We have a very much, well, we got to eat. The, the trash needs to go out. The kids got to go to school. Like there's a very mechanical sort of robotic lacking of emotion sort of way that we go through the motions, right? And by, I think, coming back to our energies and coming back to our natural divine like I get to have emotion today or I get to to be in my feelings as as we say you know or I get to have a quote-unquote off day or I get to be fully aligned and in flow today and like when we get back to these things of I get to right then we can show up and do or be what we're being called to do and be from so much more of an empowered perspective versus a, I got to get this checked off. We just got to get food in. We just got to do the thing, you know? Yes, I think um, honoring bleeding cycles is such a profound um, part of the healing process, actually, because, you know, it's been shamed for so long mm. and it is a literally magical magical process that mm. female bodies go through to literally create life like to build babies inside bodies and that is just alchemical magic like truly and and the blood is honestly so um powerful right it's it's the highest count of stem cells known to man it's it's super healthy to ingest or to feed to your plants. And for so long, we've been, what, flushing it down the toilet, yeah. hiding it away in shame, like, oh, yeah. it's dirty. It's not dirty. That is magic. Yeah. That is divine magic. So, yes, it is a powerful step. And I think honoring that the female body has a different kind of cycle to the male body, right? Yeah. Yeah. The female body has the monthly cycle where, you yeah. know, a certain time of the month, full of energy. Yeah. ready to go yeah another part of the month need to go internal need to rest right yeah and and with men it's with uh sorry with male bodies it's yeah. literally boost of testosterone mm -hmm. in the morning ready to go all day mm -hmm. energy depleted by the end of the day ready yeah. to sleep and start another day boom another boost of testosterone you know it's right. totally different yeah. the way our bodies function so you know, honoring the different, uh, shall we call, I guess, the male and female body as uh, like the symbols of masculine and feminine energy, even though they can hold within them the other energy. 
um, as as a symbol for feminine energy, the female body, mm-hmm. um, it just functions differently. And part of bringing in the honoring of the feminine into places like the workplace is to honor different bodies, yeah. right? Yeah. And yeah. and I think that is a, a great step. Yeah. Um, and I I think um, I wanted to bring something else. Uh, one of the things that was uh, super frustrating growing up, and and I, I guess it's also important maybe to say that I, I do identify as genderqueer, mm-hmm. right? I, I don't like to think of myself as a woman, and it is, you know, and sometimes I do when it serves me, when I'm bleeding, when I'm feeling into my body. That And it's, it's not that I don't identify with my body, but with the gender roles, right. I don't identify. And I, I never... I never enjoyed the projection of ideas upon me and what I should do and where I should go and what I should study yeah. and how I should behave yeah. because I was in this body. Yeah. And that that upset me a lot. I always wished I was a boy growing up because the yeah. boys get away with anything yeah. and the boys didn't want to play with me and I didn't want to play with the girls. Right. And you know, it, it was incredibly frustrating, but the most infuriating part was not being taken seriously. Yeah. Oh, so cute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, <sighs> it's, it's, to me, it feels dangerous owning one or the other sometimes, you know, and that was a big deal for me in transitioning and coming out because I would say to Sam so often but I don't want to be a man you know internally yes I I knew that he him was where I fit but I didn't want to be a man as society sees a man to be right I, I still can't convince myself to go into a male public bathroom because it's like it's so gross and I, I just I can't <laughs> right and so we we brave the women's bathroom together and and you know we've had some run-ins but that, that's a different podcast topic I'm sure um but you know it's like I don't want to be a man as men are expected to be I don't want to have to someone cuts me off in traffic and I immediately get angry and swear and the whole thing like I, I want to be even tempered and I want to be calm and I want to be in my feelings and I want to be soft-toned you know most of the times and I want to be gentle and caring and and if I show society that I'm a man then do I all of a sudden have to leave those things by the wayside and so it felt very much like do I even does that label even belong on me because I'm not even a man as as society demands me to be right and in the other way I I always knew that woman didn't fit either you know so woman didn't fit man doesn't fit because of what it meant or what it means right so where 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 do you fit and it's like okay the middle is nice the middle is is composable and that's a great space to be but it's I know that that man title is is where I am is just not what society thinks it is right and so it can feel sort of dangerous to say hi my name is Alex and I'm a man because what that means in the other person's mind what a man is well I'm not a man in the way that you think it is or the in the way that you've been raised to believe it is you know, and I think for women, we have that same thing of like, hi, my name is so-and-so and I'm a woman. And immediately that triggers a whole line of connection in the, in the listener's ears of woman equals pink, purple, dress, skirt, you know, wanting children, mm. likes to cook blah 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 right and it's like actually no you know and so I think it can feel dangerous to us that we're sticking ourselves in a box when we say I'm a 
so and so because now we feel cut off from all these things that we like and want and identify with and and want in our lives and want to be seen as and because it feels like now I'm choosing and so I'm shoved into this box you know and there's power in owning who we are and I think there's power in, in, in walking up to someone and saying hi my name is Alex I'm a man and to me that means this mm. and so walking with your your own definition of I'm a man mm. and that's what that means to me that means to me that I look forward to the day where I get to teach my kids to drive or that means to me teaching my children that they get to don whatever archetype they want on a day-to-day basis or that means to me my wife will never take out the garbage you know like that's that's what that means to me and so I, I think really taking the time in our lives to question our identity and that we, we should all question it you know am I a man because I was born with a penis am I a man because I am am I a man that is defined like this or is there another definition that fits here am I a woman because I was born with a vagina am I a woman because that's what feels like home to me am I a woman defined like this or am I a woman that's defined like this? And then am I gender queer or, or gender neutral? And that's what this it that's what it means to me, you know, and having a, a definition definition that suits. Mm. So yes, I, I love this. Um, multiple definitions, right? And I, I think it's it's important to acknowledge that when we're having these discussions, it's so important to have our own de- definitions and to understand that that's not necessarily going to match anyone else's. Mm-hmm. And that's okay, right? People are going to always project ideas onto us and that's never going to end. That's yeah. never going to end. But we can have conversations that help us to spread more fluid definitions that help people to see just because I look like this, (laughs) just because I say I'm that doesn't necessarily equal X or Y. And I I also, um, I like that you brought the bathroom narrative in because isn't that just one of those places where we just see the binary of gender so obvious and it's it's one of those very slow changing spaces because you know um i was uh, studying at uct and it was only i think in my third year that they introduced their first non-binary bathrooms mm-hmm. where it's like anyone can go mm-hmm. and of course when that starts to happen then there starts to be the worry and the questioning around is it safe for women because of course again there's also this whole thing of femicide and Mm -hmm. sexual abuse and trauma and etc etc we we know the narrative right Mm -hmm. and and i i think in south africa there is such a hyper toxic manly 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 man (laughs) sort of masculinity Mm-hmm. that they're almost so afraid to be seen as not manly. Right. I don't think that any straight cisgendered man would mm-hmm. set foot in those bathrooms. Mm-hmm. I actually mm-hmm. think, I think they're one of the safest places. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, the irony is on the other end of the spectrum, if you, you have a very womanly female feminine person who's you know got some past trauma with anyone with a penis you know uh, they would feel afraid to go into that bathroom and it it is it's an interesting discussion it does bring other things to the forefront as well Mm -hmm. Um, but of course you know there are still female bathrooms Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and of course that that is a place where it's like well 
what is the bathroom saying? Is the bathroom talking about sex or is it talking about gender mm-hmm. or is it talking about sexual orientation? Yeah, yeah. And and the bathroom sign is not so clear about it. It kind of <laughs> looks very gendered, right? Um, and the other thing that I wanted to bring in is I was just reminded as you were speaking um, about you know, this, this reading and this research that I did in my fourth year when I was writing my thesis. And I did a body of work where I was doing alchemical magic and I was working with the feminine energy and I was healing the feminine energy. And there was a hyper focus for me on bringing the feminine out because I definitely recognized how I had been oppressing my own feminine energy to fit into a masculine world yeah. And because I, I like my masculine energy and I felt ashamed by my femaleness and my femininity. And I, you know, I was oppressed by it within society in many ways still am, but the worst is that I participated in that. And of course we all do, right. We all do. We all participate in, in any form of our own internal oppressions because we're, we're learned to see in that way. And I, I, um, I can remember the, you know, in, in alchemy, the idea is that you want to get to make the philosopher's stone, right? And the philosopher's stone, if we think metaphorically, if we think archetypally even, is the end goal. It's, it's union, it's liberation, it's spiritual liberation, it's spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. And in most alchemy, ancient alchemy texts, they will have the spirit of the masculine and the spirit of the feminine mm-hmm. they purify 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 mix it together and as a hermaphroditic being mm-hmm. and for me on a metaphoric level in terms of a society where we have a lot more you know children coming out as non-binary mm-hmm. gender queer and and just a lot of breaking down of the binaries of the definitions and just breaking the rules, right? The, yeah. the societal constructions that yeah. are being forced on, upon people. Yes. And I'm just like, this is literally the philosopher's stone of like <laughs> transformation within society, which is super magical. So I was like, I definitely want to be a part of that. And that was also part of me going, yes, I mean, I'm actually queer. I'm actually queer. That's actually what I am. Like, don't define me because of yeah. what you see or what you yeah. think I'm going to be because I will surprise you around every corner. And yeah. and in many ways, I want to say to everyone, like, shouldn't we just all be identifying a little bit as a bit queer because, <laughs> you, know, you know, why do you want to be defined by your race, sexuality, mm-hmm. um, orientation, the genitals you're born with like mm-hmm. no like we we are myriad beings that can take yeah. on any form we so choose and we are here to express freely and yeah, yeah that that was um what i wanted to bring through there i love that i love that so much you know just to go back to what you were saying about the bathroom discussion and, and femicide you know i think there's a separation that needs to happen between the act the aggressive act of assault and a gender a sex or or even an an energy type right an archetype it is abuse it is sexual abuse it is sometimes verbal or physical abuse but it's abuse and anyone can abuse right and anyone can be abused and so it's a, it, the abuse, I think, needs to be separated out in terms of abuse happens, people abuse, and people are abused. That's, that's the end of the conversation in terms of that, in terms of like, it can happen anywhere to anyone, by anyone, in any circumstance. And, you know, that, that when you look at it that way, it starts to negate, well, what were they wearing? Where were they? Were they alone? Mm-hmm you know um who is this person before this incident who is this person after this incident what sort of future are we squashing if we reprimand this person for this thing it's we just get to see it as this person did this other person 
an injustice by abusing them. And this person, the, the, the abuser, should and needs to face consequences. End of discussion. And so we're not now thinking, oh, well, this person could be a future doctor, a future lawyer, a future senator, whatever, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it is. Or this person's skin color is this, or this person came from a really good family and it was just a mistake and blah, blah, blah. It's abuse. And when we get to, when we get to just ship it back and be like, abuse is abuse is abuse is abuse and people abuse and people are abused, we get to deal with it the way it needs to be dealt with, right? And then we don't bring it into, well, this is why we can't have non-binary bathrooms, or this is why we can't have transgender people using the bathroom that they feel most comfortable using because of the day of the month or the cleanliness or anything else. Right. And so I, I think that separation needs to happen first before anything else that we're trying to hinge on that can really um, untangle itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, you know, I love what you're saying about the Philosopher's Stone and, and the, the alchemy of it all. And, you know, we have more parents and, and child raisers raising children in a non-binary environment where um, very sort of neutral colors and um, non-specific toys and you're you're exposing them to different things different sports different activities different um, creative endeavors and letting them choose and I think we are quite literally giving birth to a generation of generations that have more creative license and creative liberation than any of us have ever recognized or been exposed to ever before. And that's a really beautiful thing because it really comes back down to creativity. Who are we creating ourselves to be in this human experience, this this time on this earthly plane, right? Who are we allowing ourselves to be created and formed and shaped into um, and how we're being a co-creator in that experience? Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I love this idea of creating ourselves to be. Who are we creating ourselves to be? And of course, that's not to say that, you know, um, I just want to just want to make sure no one misinterprets this. Of course, some people are born and they're like, I'm definitely, you know, gay or straight or whatever it is. I'm not saying you choose your sexual orientation, although maybe you chose it before you were born into this life for whatever reason. Um, But the idea of what you do with that, who you feel you are and how you create yourself to be through your expression Mm -hmm. in this life and I just I love that right because for me as as a psychic as someone who teaches spiritual teachings you know creative energy is one of the number one tools right when you can tap into allowing creative energy to flow through you whether it's through dance or singing or writing or playing whatever it is if the energy is flowing through you and it's like that eternal now moment where it's like no time has passed but suddenly time has just passed and you're like what (laughs) it's like how did that happen you were channeling spirit and you were creating from a place that's it's you but it's beyond just you and Mm -hmm. and when we lift all of the restrictions and the the, the prison cell of yeah. the definitions of what we have to fit into. Mm-hmm. And we just allow like, oh, I can just be, I can be in this body. I can enjoy this body. I can change this body. Yeah. I can choose who I want to be. Mm-hmm. I can choose how I express and where I go and which bathroom I go to. I mean, <laughs> you know, I think looking at the whole picture now, when we look at the archetype of feminine and masculine, 
when we further define that to wounded feminine, wounded masculine, I think if we if we look at wounded feminine or or wounded masculine being what has been defined by society as being masculine and feminine versus divine feminine and divine masculine being what it actually is in a sacred divine universal way right Mm -hmm. Um, i think that's where we can separate it out a little bit so we can understand it with our human minds right um Mm -hmm. wounded being the expectation the rules the the jail cell the boxes the very black and white like this is what it is this is what it must be and the divine being the sacred the fluidity the the gray area the space between the 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 pause so to speak right the space to co-create i think that would how do you feel about that sort of redefinition of wounded versus divine Mm, i think for me i want to add some key words there Mm -hmm. wounded being separation control domination subordination right us and them versus or or you know the that 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 distance right where i think the sacred is the integration the the us Mm -hmm. right the the oneness, the wholeness, the yeah. allowance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love that. I love that. You know, as we wrap up here, I'm reminded of a story, um, an experience I had in our garden a few weeks ago with our caretaker. So he was in the garden, and I was on our porch, and you know, we we were sort of trying to fill the fill the space. Um, before other people joined in on the space and there was an awkward silence and he said you know this papaya tree is not going to bear any fruit it's a male tree and I was like oh is it because that, that was very surprising to me because it was flowering there were a lot of flowers on the tree and it had been doing this for months it had been doing this since it was a very small tree and at the first sight of flowers I thought in my mind oh, it's going to bear fruit. You know, we're going to have papaya on this tree very soon. That's awesome, right? And the tree had been producing flowers and then the flowers would fall off and the tree would grow and it would produce more flowers and then it would fall off and it would grow even more. And so I was telling myself, well, maybe it's not like mature enough to convert the flowers Mm -hmm. into papaya. Okay, no problem. Because I was seeing these around and so I knew it was getting pollinated and that wasn't the issue so I thought okay maybe the trees are mature enough fine no problem and then he goes no this is a male tree and it needs to kick the flowers off so the bees can come get the stuff from these flowers and take it to a female tree fertilize those flowers and then you'll have papaya on those trees and so he said, so we should leave it because it, it is serving a purpose, you know, but you just just know that you're not going to get any papaya here. And I said, oh, okay, okay, well, awesome, you know. And I just, I just want to, like, draw the reference to both trees look exactly the same. They both kick out flowers in the exact same way, right? And they both serve a purpose. It's just that one is the fertilizer and one bears the fruit and they're they're both valid and valuable and part of the system part of conversation part of having a seed blossom and and then having a papaya right and they're both part of the the party and there are plants in nature that are both the male and female you know part of their species and they can self um reproduce right and that and that's a whole different you know aspect of it but i think just a reminder of we're all here to be part of the conversation and there's no shame in that tree didn't feel any shame in terms of like oh i can't bear any fruit it was just doing its thing you know it was doing its thing of kicking out the flowers and and letting the bees come and collect what they needed to to collect to move on and it was just doing its thing. And so I think, you know, 
just owning our entire selves and owning our part of the conversation and our um, space here as part of the conversation. I think that's super valuable to each of us. Mm, absolutely, absolutely. That tree is still a perfectly whole, happy, beautiful, complete being, right? Yeah. Even if it doesn't bear the fruit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I just wanted to add, actually, because it's interesting that you got a male tree, right? Which often, you know, um, when we think of uh, plants, it, it is normally the, the female trees that are preferred in, mm -hmm. in many forms of growing, right? Because mm -hmm. it does bear the fruit. It's like mm -hmm. the moneymaker, right? But uh, which is interesting. And it's also interesting in terms of like the industrialized um, patriarchal domination of those plants. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I won't get into that <laughs> right now. But like, I think um, just just pulling another metaphor from that is, you know, there there isn't a need for us to demonize men right. in this whole conversation. I do think that you know, men need to step up to the conversation as well. And there, there are plenty of people. And by men, you know what? I mean, humanity, right? Mm -hmm. Humanity needs to step up to the plate and do the self-reflecting mm -hmm. and, and ask, you know, how, how am I carrying myself in a way that uplifts myself and others, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. In a way that doesn't limit, box, bind, and oppress, yeah. How, how am I moving into a space of feeling more free so that others can also feel more free? Yeah. And I, I think that's such an important mirror all of the time is that, you know, again, the, the oppressor is oppressed yes. through their oppressing. Mm -hmm. And likewise, one can only truly be free within the self if one is acting in a manner that also enables others to feel and be free. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah through our connectedness right absolutely absolutely beautiful but mm -hmm. all right well thank you carla for joining me and for having this conversation and you know we will share in the description how to connect with carla and where to find more of her content and more of her resources and uh I'm sure that we will have many more conversations on this topic and, and on others, um, but because we, we haven't even begun to scratch the surface, I'm sure, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, but thank you so, so much for joining me and I hope everyone in, enjoyed our chat and got something from it and we'll talk to you all soon.